Hello and welcome to the Montessori Coach Podcast. I am Sarah, a Montessori teacher, parent, and professional organizer. Today I'm talking about a Montessori term, the prepared environment. You may have heard of it before, it's even the name of my business, but what does it really mean and also what does it not mean? Today I hope to clarify some misconceptions that I have heard many times. I also want to talk about the similarities and differences between a classroom's prepared environment and one that you'll have at home. Prepared environments are just as important for adults as they are for children, and they can be anywhere you might be working or living. Let's imagine you want to make a card for a loved one. You get excited thinking about what you'll do and how much they will love it. You go to your drawer to find paper, and it's not there. You search around and find one color, but you know you have another color somewhere. You finally find it, and then you know you need to get glue and scissors. You immediately find the glue stick, but it's dried out. You can't find it anywhere else. You drive to the store to buy some glue and you get distracted with extra supplies for another idea you've thought of. You finally get back home, find the scissors, and guess what? You're over it. You no longer have the drive or interest in making the card. Then imagine you have everything you need organized on your desk. The supplies are at an arm's length. You can focus uninterrupted and your creativity flows. Which scenario would be more fulfilling and successful? Obviously the second one. This is an example of a prepared environment. Dr. Maria Montessori observed that children develop skills and knowledge through interactions in their environment. She believed the quality of that environment impacts their understanding of the world. She also believed that children are born with superpowers, such as human tendencies and absorbent mind and sensitive periods, that will help them to adapt to their home and culture. A prepared environment takes these superpowers into consideration. There are two main factors of the prepared environment, the actual physical space, how the room is set up and what's in it. And then another thing we don't always think of is the emotional environment. How are the adults and other children? Does it feel safe emotionally as well as physically? A prepared environment just means that it's prepared for exploration, play and learning with as many barriers removed as possible. Some things to consider about the physical environment, and remember there is no perfect space, but these are good things to think about so you can make small changes as if necessary, are the space. Is there enough to satisfy free movement and independence? Not too large so that the child feels lost and not so small that he will be constricted and the adult will become an obstacle. Is there light? Natural is great as if possible, but you know, enough light so the child can see what they're looking at. Temperature. Should it be, is it comfortable enough so the child's able to concentrate? Noise. Is it at a level that allows the child to focus? If there's loud music, for example, can your child really concentrate on play or will it distract them? Safety. If we want them to be independent, it needs to be a safe space. A home-prepared environment is very different than a school environment. I'll talk more about this soon, but I want to be clear that safety should come way before aesthetics. And then as much as possible is clutter removed or minimized. Clutter takes a lot of mental energy from children and adults. This does not mean you need to have a sterile environment, but it's good to work towards removing clutter as much as possible. Plus, this also helps your child with independently finding activities to play with and to help them clean up. And then is there child-sized furniture? In a Montessori classroom, all the furniture would be child-sized 
And then in your home, this is obviously not an expectation. It's not a realistic thing. However, are there some places for your child to sit comfortably to eat and play? Is there a step stool for them to reach the counter or sink? Are there hooks at their level? And then for toys and other materials, do they satisfy your child's needs? Are they interesting to your child? Are they ready to be used independently? Are they complete? If some piece is missing or broken, can it be removed from the environment? We want to provide choices that your child will actually be able to engage with. Okay, so now I want to talk about adults in the environment. Montessori said that the adult is the most important part of the environment because they are a role model and they prepare the physical and non-physical environment for the child. Our role is to observe so we can provide a prepared environment that meets the child's needs in their moment. We need to allow time and space for repetition and concentration. This is really hard for me personally, but that means not interrupting my daughter while she's playing to ask if she's hungry or ask another question that's not urgent. If I want her to foster that love of play and concentration, I need to not interrupt her when she's actually doing that. Now let's talk about the differences between a home prepared environment and a Montessori classrooms environment. When I'm going over these, I am discussing home play areas. If you homeschool, then this is going to be different. In a Montessori classroom, there are very specific activities called materials. They are introduced in specific orders and they have a specific purpose. These materials are amazing and they really take children through a sequence of learning by building upon previous knowledge. Montessori classrooms need to have a list of materials and these materials are used by the children at different stages. They are displayed on shelves, separated by subject area, and they're laid out from left to right in order of sequence. Children are introduced to each material before they can choose them as an activity. Most of the time, everything that is needed to do that activity is in the tray or basket or close by. The material is used, then returned to the shelf and the child chooses another activity. But at home, nothing specific is needed. You will likely have toys and real life experiences that you do with your child. You may have baskets, shelves, or drawers. Toys can be used in combination with each other. There's no official Montessori home manual or certificate. You do what is right for your family. In my first podcast episode, I went over the five categories of toys and activities I recommend having out, but you can really do what's best for your child. This is great because you don't need to buy anything specific and can work within your budget and your child's interests. I do recommend having your child's activities easily accessible and organized, as well as remembering that less is more. In a Montessori classroom, the majority of the materials will stay out all the time. This is because there are upwards of 30 children who will be using the materials at different times. Perhaps the adults might change some seasonal activities or decorations, but most of the time the classroom will look the same. This is also important for children's sense of order. It allows the children to independently work without having to ask the adult to get an activity for them. In your home, you don't need to have activities for 30 children out at one time. You don't need to even have years of activity for your one child out at a time. You can rotate toys in and out and observe to see what's working and what's not. So your prepared environment will likely change more often than a classroom's environment. The next thing to compare is the furniture in the environment. 
In a Montessori classroom, all furniture is child-sized. Everything is at the child's level. It looks like a child's space, which is what's so amazing about the Montessori classroom. You can feel that it's child-focused. There's no teacher's desk at the front with all ch children facing forward. Often you won't even notice that the adult space is there right away. It'll be tucked in the corner and it'd be in a different space. Of course, in your home, it does not look like a child's space fully. It should look and feel like a family home. Maybe that means that there are hints that a child lives there, toys, some smaller furniture, but overall, there's a mix of sizes, mostly being adult sized. You can make some small changes to have a welcoming space for your child hanging a few pictures at their eye level or hanging a hook for their jacket so they can hang it. These are ways that you can have a prepared environment in a family home. Also, you will likely have to raise the hooks in the hallway once a, a year or two as your child grows. Little changes will have to be made because a prepared environment meets the need of your specific child or children. In a classroom, the ages of children in that one space usually only span three years and then new children come in, so the furniture and materials can remain the same. So I hope that all helps explain what a prepared environment is. Your home environment should not look like mine. It should reflect your family's interests and culture. Your home is not a Montessori classroom unless you're homeschooling, and even then it will look different than a Montessori class for 30 children. In a prepared environment, the activities are developmentally appropriate and interesting. It is great if there are some natural elements such as plants. Ideally, it is calm, orderly, and prepared. There are some child-sized elements and it is welcoming and emotionally positive. The prepared adult is supportive, respectful, and caring. They observe the child to learn more. They take joy and interest in the child's development and they are learning and improving themselves. The other thing I just want to add is that Montessori said children should live in an environment of beauty. And I really think that this just shows the respect that she had for young children. She recognized that children too deserve to live in a space that is beautiful and interesting. And of course, beauty is subjective. But to me, it just means adding things that a child would find interesting or beautiful, such as low art or photos, some rocks, a plant, or maybe some flowers. I'm sure you can come up with some things that your child would find beautiful in your home. So that is it for today. I hope that all made sense. Please connect with me on Instagram at The Prepared Environment and let me know if you have any questions. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you shared it with a friend or gave a review. Also, you can share your takeaways with me by tagging me on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, take care.